If you don't know this, the Word of God is being attacked like never before. The enemy wants to discredit and take away the Word of God from society. But how many know this word will not change? Woo, there we go. Hallelujah. Caught that message just in time. How many know this word will not change? It's the same today, yesterday, today, and what? Forever. This word does not change. It is the solid truth of God's word. The enemy wants to confuse you on the truth. He used to confuse non-Christians. Now he's got the church confused on what the church is and who the church is and what the word is. He is confusing the mind of Christ and the body of Christ. The Word of God is under attack. We must understand and remember this book is the Word of God, the good news, the good news of God, and he wants good things for you and I. God wants good things for his children, and we will not experience it if we don't understand his Word for our life. The more you read it, the more you learn it, the more you learn it, the more you live it. Today I want to talk to you about the thought, does the Bible have authority in my life? Does the Bible have authority in my life? Your attitude towards the word matters. Do you believe this is the one true living word? Do you believe this is the word of God? Because your attitude will not only affect you, it will affect your children and your grandchildren. Your attitude toward this word will affect the way you live it out. Your attitude toward the word of God will dictate the authority that you will have it in your life. Look at this. Your attitude towards God's word will dictate the level of authority it will have in your life. If you believe this book has authority in your life, you will have authority in your life. You will walk in authority in your life. If you believe, I don't know, it's got partial truth, partial authority, then you'll walk in partial authority. You won't walk in full authority until you fully surrender that this is the living word of God. So you got to settle it in your heart because if you are not putting this as the ultimate authority in your life, then your children will say, well, dad didn't do it. I ain't going to do it. If mom didn't do it, then I'm not going to do it. And where you go half, they'll go completely out. They will take a, go all in. So you got to have a great attitude about the authority of God in your life. And there's the word truth. See, the level of authority it has in your life dictates the level of transformation it will have in your life. you got to understand it. See, we usually find that we all kind of fit in one of the three C's when it comes to our attitude about Scripture. Look at this. The first C is confident. We have confidence. We have faith in it. This is the written Word of God. This is the authority of God. And then others, the other C is you're curious. You're curious about it. I, I like it. It's got some good things to say, but I, I wouldn't boldly stand on it. I wouldn't boldly give my life for it. I, I wouldn't boldly talk about it yet because I, I'm, I'm still kind of checking it out. That other people, maybe you're cautious here today. 
Maybe you've, you've seen the word be used to abuse people. You've seen people use the word to spiritually abuse people. Today I want you to know the word was never meant for you to beat anybody up or to shame anybody. You're not called to do that. God's not called you to use his word as a weapon of mass destruction against other Christians and potential Christians. He's used this for mass destruction against the enemy. Come on now. And listen to me, other churches are not our enemy. Other Christians are not our enemy. Say amen. All right. That didn't cost you anything. That was free. But today, we kind of fall under one of those categories. And today, I hope that you begin to move to saying, the Bible is in the complete authority in my life. And so let's answer the question, why should the Bible have that authority in my life? Why should, Pastor, why should I give the Bible complete authority in my life? Number one, write this down, because it's God's inspired word. It's God's inspired word. Look what 2 Timothy says, chapter 3, verses 14 and 16. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those whom you learned it, and how from an infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise. Some of you need this right now. You gotta get wiser. Wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Let's read this last line together. All Scripture is God-breathed. One more time. All Scripture is God-breathed. How many know when God breathes life into something, it takes shape and comes to form? When God begins to breathe life into your life, it says, out of the dust man was created. And he breathed life and we formated. Right there. I tell you, God, when God breathes on something, something comes alive. And this word is alive today. All words are God breathed. All the words in the scripture are God inspired and God breathed. 2 Peter 1.20 says it like this. Above all, you must realize no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from our own human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. All prophecy in Scripture was inspired of God. They are speaking of God. These things were pinned by human hands, but the thoughts were crafted by the Holy Spirit. And God breathed into the authors. God breathed in inspiration of teaching. God breathed in. God had people arrested so they would have to write letters and pen letters that you and I would be reading today. I mean, God had people on desert islands. God had people thrown in lion's den. God had people put to death and martyred. Why? So they could pin their thoughts to you and I and it would come together so that even today we are still understanding the heartbeat of God. Why? Because God gave us an owner's manual. We needed it, don't we? But how many of you are like me? I don't like directions. I'm going to figure it out on my own. But as I get older, I realize I might as well just pull the directions out now and start from point A because I'm going to come back to at some point and figure out what did I miss, what did I do wrong, this ain't working correctly. So I've learned to go ahead and just open up the instructions right away. 
I save myself a lot of pain, a lot of time, and a lot of frustration. God has given us an owner's manual. This is how my mind works. This is how my body works. This is how my relationships work. This is how my job operates. This is how God operates in my life. It's all here. It's all there. He didn't leave us alone. He is speaking to us thousands of years later. He's still speaking through the word of the Lord. Proverbs 30 and verse 5, every word of God proves true. He is a shield to all who come to him for protection. Other scripture says God cannot lie. That means everything in the scripture is true. Don't take things out of context, as I told you in the very first of this sermon series. Don't take something out of context that was given for a, you got to understand, some things were given in a time period when he was trying to protect people, protect their health, and do certain things. But how many know that we can learn from everything written in Scripture is still holds true today? You ever watch a movie and you're like, this movie is based on a true story? I love that. If you give me a a choice between a movie that's not a true story and one that's based on a true story, I like always give me the true story. It always pulls me in. I want to watch the true story. But what frustrates me is I'll watch a true story and I'll watch this movie and I guess it's so good. And then I'll I'll make the mistake of Googling it after I got done. And I realized that this movie was based loosely (laughs) off a true story. All the action, all the drama, a lot of that really wasn't in that story. They added that for the element of entertainment. And so it's kind of frustrating when I find out those aren't real facts. They didn't really happen that way. You know, it kind of fabricated it based on a true story. And I believe some people here today, you kind of approach the Bible that way. Well, it's based on a true story, but some things are fabricated. Some things are not altogether true. It's just put there for our entertainment. And I want you to know the Bible is the true word of God. It is based not on a true story. It is the true story. You got to understand that. It is truth. The Bible is truth of the Lord. Well, pastor, this is 2023. You cannot claim that the Bible is ultimate truth. Nobody can do that. Why? Because today we understand that truth is all relative, right? There is no absolute truth. That's what society is pushing us. There is no absolute truth. Truths are all relative. Your truth is truth to you, and your truth is truth to you, and your truth is truth to you. It's all relative to the person who believes it. So you can't claim to know the truth, and you can't claim that the Bible is true. You're right, I can't, but God can, and he did. I don't claim it is truth. God's the one who claimed his word is ultimate truth. It was God who made that claim, and he was the only one powerful enough to back it up. He was the only one powerful enough to prove it that his word remains true to this day. Look at John 8, 31. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my followers, my disciples, if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the, come on, let's say it together, and you will know the truth, and the 
Truth will set you free. No wonder the enemy doesn't want you to know the truth because he doesn't want you set free today. He, if he can keep you in bondage, if he can keep you living in fear, if he can keep you living in doubt and hurt and rejection and pain of your mistakes and things that happen in your life, you'll never be effective for the kingdom of God. But when you open up the word of the Lord and see what it says about your life and about your family and about your future... It can set you free. God, you forgive. God, you have grace. God, you restore. God, you empower. All the things we see coming alive, it sets you free today. you got to understand this. Well, atheists and agnostics, they don't want to believe the Bible is God's word of truth. You talk to them, and they, I can't believe this is the ultimate truth. Truth is all relative. Relative to what? Well, relative to what I believe. So you want me to put faith into what you believe? You can't even figure out what a man is. And you want me to follow you? Come on now, you know what I'm saying is true. These people are so confused and they claim there is no absolute truth. But you ever ask an atheist or an agnostic, you know, well, how, do, how do we, you know, the, why about truth? They don't want to believe the Bible is true, but they want to believe that we've got to have some type of morality to govern society. There must be a basis for morality to govern society. And I asked the question, based off of what? Off of your truth? Off of your truth? Off of your truth? Everybody's truth is different if we're gonna base it off of our own truth. There's gotta be something that brings a base that is the truth. And I'm here to tell you, that base has always been here. It was the Word. And the Word came down from heaven, dwelt among us. The Word became flesh. His name was Jesus, the living Word. And so we gotta understand there's something's gotta be true or nothing is true. Something's gotta be the creator or we didn't just collide in atmospheres. You know what, I watched the documentary the other day, I just saw the, the headline of it, and it says these are our closest living ancestors. And these chimpanzees and these monkeys, and I'm like, they cute. But I'm glad I don't look like them. And we evolved from them. Well, if we evolved from monkeys, then why are there still monkeys? Just saying that. No, we, we have a creator, and he has an ultimate authority in our life, and his words were inspired in Scripture to bring ultimate truth through our life. You must believe the Bible is complete authority in your life. You must believe it. It is a solid truth. What governs our life? And I would tell you this, and I will give you this. If the resurrection didn't happen, then all truth is relative. If the resurrection didn't happen, then you could believe your truth and I could believe my truth and you, it's all, it's all relative. I believe that. But because of the resurrection, 
this word becomes all truth and solid truth. Nobody else said, I would come and die and give my life for you, and on the third day, I will be resurrected again, rise up and appear to over 500 people, and this word is still going strong today because of the fire of that resurrection. And because of the resurrection, we have no authority other than to say, this word is authority. If it wasn't predicted didn't happen, then we could all say, you know what, it's just a good book. It's just some good teaching. Just get what you can out of it and take what you can. But because of the resurrection, we cannot ignore it. He said he would come and he came. He said he would die and he died. He said he was resurrected and he resurrected. And he said, I will come again, he will come again. And you must be ready. Govern your life. Come on, now life is too short to miss out on eternity because you didn't believe in the authority of the owner's manual of the creator who wrote it for you and I. Every word in here is inspired by God. God breathed in our life. Every word in here belongs to what God has wanted to show us. The word is authority. See, when you follow the word, you follow Jesus. And when you follow Jesus, you find the truth. And when you find the truth, you find life. See, until you completely believe the Bible has complete authority in your life, you will not live your life to the fullest. You will not experience your life to the fullest. You won't walk in the fullness of the blessing that God has for your life. Everything else will be empty, and you'll spend your life searching for something you never get or obtain. Only when you believe the Bible has full authority in your life can you walk in the fullness of life God has for you. If you're watching online today, and you listen to this message in this house, I want you to know, if you say, I'm looking for answers, Pastor, that's why I'm here. I'm here checking this thing out. Well, don't check me out. You check out the Word of God. This thing has always proven to be true. God said, I am sending you my son. My son is life. He is the truth. Jesus said this in verse uh, 6 of John chapter 14. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, not a truth, not a part of the truth. He said, I am the way. The truth. You got to know that there's only one truth, and it's Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Listen to me. All roads do not lead to heaven. So many people, well, they believe in God, and they believe in God, and they believe in God. We're all serving the same God. We're all going, no, no. Because the scripture is very clear. There's religions that believe in God, but they do not believe that his son Jesus came, was the Messiah, and died for the sins of the world, and was resurrected. If you don't believe in Jesus, I don't care how much you believe in God, you ain't going to heaven. Because he says, I am the way, I am the truth. Any religion without Jesus at the center of the Father, Jesus is the only way I can get to God. The only way I get to heaven is through Jesus. Only through the cross of Jesus. Only through the blood of Jesus. Only through the baptism of Jesus do I enter into the gates of heaven. That's the only way I'm going to get there. 
You've got to understand that the Bible is ultimate truth. It is not a truth. It is not part of the truth. It is complete authority. You must have that belief and believe that the only real truth is found in the Word of God. Let me ask you a question today. If the Word of God is not the ultimate authority in your life, then what is? If the Word of God is not the ultimate authority in your life, then what is? I'm going to invite the cameras to come on in and follow me. I feel like Mr. Rogers this morning. This is kind of cool. Come on in, kids. Come on. Come on. <laughs> ding, ding. Hello, Charlie. How you doing? All right. Today, I want to invite you in. You know, when I was a kid, uh, we had Bibles in, in our home, and you were not allowed. We had a big Bible. I mean, it was so big, it would take up one of these whole tables. We didn't read it, but it sure looked pretty in our house. We read other Bibles. It was a pretty Bible on the coffee table. And, you know, you were... You were you're not allowed to put anything on that Bible. Mama, mama would throw a fit if you put a glass on top of that Bible. You, you didn't put anything on top of that. You didn't put your shoes on top of that Bible. You didn't put your drink on top of that Bible. You didn't put anything on top of that Bible. Why? Because it was, it was an authority there. There was respect there for the word. There was respect. Even those who maybe didn't read it as often they should, there was a level of respect that this is the ultimate authority. It's God's holy word. And somewhere along the line, we, we, we know that to be true, and we believe the Bible is, is truth, but we, we put the Bible there, and then we also have our own books. We have My Pleasure, right? My Pleasure. Uh, the Bible is the authority, but on top of that, I have, I have my pleasure, the things that bring me pleasure in my life. It doesn't matter if it contradicts the word of God. It's, it's mine. So it, it's, the Bible's truth, I believe that, but my truth is there also, my pleasure. I also have a book called My Success. You ever read that? The Bible's great, but my success comes first. My bank account comes first. My promotion comes first. My dreams and goals come first. So the Bible's true, but on top of that, I put my pleasure and I, I put my success there. Because, you know, you know, it's, it's important. And then I, I have also the book of Outside Voices. Anybody read that book of Outside Voices? You know, it's full of podcasts and other, other people and other books telling me about how to live my life and telling me about relative truth and how the Bible is not the truth, but it's only partially true. And there's some other things. And I have all these outside voices that I believe the Bible's true, but I also believe this is true. And I also believe part of this is true. And I, I believe you can do this in the Bible, but not that in the Bible. And then I have what is called the book of my truth. Anybody ever read that book? My truth, right? So my truth fits my lifestyle, right? The Bible maybe said that, but it doesn't hold to me. I don't have to live that way because it's not my truth. I live according to my truth. And what happens is this, we've devalued the word of God because we put all of our own books on top of it. Church, I want you to know something today, that you've got to check your life. It's not enough just to believe the Bible is one book. You've got to believe the Bible is the ultimate authority in your life. 
it trumps all these other things. Yes, I have these things in my life, but all this trumps what the Word of God says. And the Bible belongs on the top of my books. The Bible is the ultimate authority. If this doesn't line up with this, I can't go with it. If this doesn't support this, I can't support it. If this doesn't believe in this, I can't believe it. Don't allow your truth to trump the truth of the life-giving God who wants to transform your life. What is truth? If everything is truth, then what is really true? Well, pastor, how do I know if, if this is the way it is or if this is the way it is? How do I know if the word's on top or my books are on top? Well, let me ask you a question. When you come to a place and you have different opinions, which one's going to win? If this doesn't agree with this, which one wins in your life? That's how you know. Because when I say, you know what, I like the way this makes me feel. I like the way this looks. I like the way this reads. I like the way this is read. I, I, I like these things. But if it contradicts the word of the Lord, I can't let it rule my life. I've got to put this, this will always win. This will always trump my feelings. This will always trump the way I feel. This is what isn't true right here in my life. This is how you know. Make sure you can do this. We can't ask the word, look at this. We can't ask the word to fit our life. Rather, we must let our life fit the word. See, many of us, we want to, God help me. Sometimes we read scripture just to prove that we're right. We want to justify our own sin, so I'm looking for scripture that lets me sin the way I want to sin. Listen, if you're reading the Bible that way, you're missing it. I don't have to look in here and try to justify my sin. I look in here and say, God, I want to just justify your grace in my life. God, I just want to look at your love in my life. God, I want to look at the power you've given me over sin in my life. And God, if it grieves your heart, I don't want it. God, if it's not best for me, I don't want it. God, you know the way I was formatted. God, you know the way I was created. God, you know the way I was programmed. God, I want the best for my life, and your word is the ultimate authority in my life. Why? Because the Bible is alive. Did you know that? Look what it says in Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is what? Say it together. Alive. Come on. Say it like your, your Frankenstein's waking up. The word of God is alive. It's alive. Alive and active. It's alive and active in your life. You know, I think the reason why many of us struggle is this. We understand that the word has power, but the only time, turn your neighbor and say, wake up, he's about to preach to you. The only time, the only time we really want to get into the word is when our car won't start. I got a problem. Car won't start today. My life won't start today. Things are out of order. I better go over here and plug up to the jumper cables because there's power there, there's life there, and we plug into the Word and get a boost to get going, and all right, there, I'm going again. Blah, 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 blah. But there's a problem. 
The problem is not we don't need to use the Bible for jumper cables. The Bible needs to be the main power battery in our life. This has got to become the power source in your life. This is the reason why your life keeps running out of power because you're not hooked up to the main power in your life. You're hooked up to all this other junk in your life and it's leaving you empty. It's letting you work your life to death and you're going after the wrong things in your life and it leaves you unfulfilled. It relieves your relationships unfulfilled and you say, why am I so empty? Why is there no purpose? Why is there no joy? Why am I always tired? Why am I always fatigued? Why am I always depressed? I'm telling you, when you hook in to the word of your life and let the Bible be authority and say, this is my daily bread. This is my daily power source, not just to run to when my battery's empty, but I go there every day. Your life begins to change because the word of God is ultimate power. Look at this last verse, 1 Peter 1, 24. People are like grass. Their beauty is like flower in the field. The grass withers and the Flowers fade. But what about the word? But the word of the Lord remains. One more time. But the word of the Lord remains forever. And the word is good news that is preached to you. In 1949, Billy Graham, he was a young evangelist and one thing about Billy Graham was he's probably one of the greatest minds for scripture that's ever, ever walked the earth. And he was such an intellectual. And as a young man, he began to look at scripture and, and he was looking through it through the intellectual lens and he began to struggle. God, I, I want this, to, I know this has to be true, but what, what about this? And what about that? And he had so many intellectual questions that he was asking God and wrestling with in his mind. It's okay to do that. It's okay to do that. He was wrestling with these questions in his mind. Is this really the solid truth? Is there any other way? And as he began to look at it, he tells a story as a young evangelist. He went out and he said, I felt compelled to go out on a walk. I was preaching at a camp, he said, and I went out in the wilderness and I took a walk with my Bible. And as I got to a place where there was a field and there was a, a stump there, he goes, I put my Bible down on the stump and I fell to my knees. I just felt this tremendous anointing come over my life and I prayed this prayer. I, I typed it out for you. Look at, this, look at this prayer. He prayed this prayer. Father, I'm going to accept this as thy word. By faith. I'm going to allow my faith to go beyond my intellectual questions and doubts. I will believe this to be your inspired word. He said the next night when he got up to preach, 500 people gave their heart to follow Jesus. He goes, from that point on, he goes, my ministry began to change. And of course, we know Billy Graham became the greatest evangelist the world's ever known. Over 3 million people are credited to coming to salvation because of Billy Graham and his crusades. Three million people. And he said, it all started with that prayer of saying, God, I believe your word is authority. I believe it is an inspired word. I'm going to take it as your inspired word by faith. Something happened. See, it's just not enough. It's just not enough to, to know the scripture. When you say, I believe, 
that this is the ultimate truth of my life. It unlocks a power in your life. It unlocks a new understanding in your life. It unlocks a greater anointing in your life when you say, I believe this is the authority given to us from the Heavenly Father today. Does the Bible have complete authority in your life? Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word which brings life to us. God, forgive us for allowing your word to be dormant in our life. Forgive us for not valuing your word the way maybe we should. Forgive me my attitude hasn't respected the word the way I needed to respect it. I'm going to ask you a question today. Just keep your heads bowed where you're at and say, Pastor, I, I need to value the word more today. Can you, can you just raise your hand? But you say, this message really hit me. I haven't put as much value in the words as I need to. Yeah, thank you. I see hands going up everywhere. It's okay. Just admit, say, God, I haven't done that. Could we just pray something similar to what Billy Graham prayed? Can we make that our prayer today? Let's say it together. Say, God, I put faith in your word. Help me to move beyond my intellect and help my heart to believe that your word is truth. It has complete authority in my life. In Jesus' name, amen.